Hi, this is Erin. I'm calling from North Carolina with a dispatch from my queer body during this pandemic time. And during this COVID-19 pandemic and always, I have been feeling so lucky to live in my queer femme body. I have been at home since March 26th when cases started to spike in North Carolina because I have chronic asthma and scars on both of my lungs from a previous illness. Um, My wife is an ICU nurse and she has been supporting our family while I stay out of harm's way. She completely took over grocery shopping and all other essential errands so that I could stay home and feel safe. And now, just like always, but maybe even a little more, I feel like being in a queer marriage is such a gift. And we have been more connected than ever because we've been forced to spend more time together than we've probably been able to in the past eight years of our relationship. This love for my wife has radiated out to our entire queer community. My friends and loved ones know that I am such an extrovert and such a Leo. And everyone has been so sweet about checking on me and texting me, FaceTiming. I have friends who have left flowers and snacks on my porch. And I have tried really hard to do the same for everyone. Just sending little gifts and reminders that I love people. And want them to know that I'm still here even though we can't see each other face to face right now. Also during quarantine, I have gotten the gift of spending time with my teenagers. I love them so much and I am so proud of them because being a teenager and sacrificing your social life for the health and safety of others is a really, really hard thing to do. It has been difficult at times for them to just stay put and understand that we have to take care of everyone, including, of course, my lung and autoimmune issues, but also just our wider community. And also we've had the opportunity recently to continue conversations that we've had since they were babies about anti-racism and oppression and the role of white supremacy in America. And I have been really happy to watch them learn and donate some of their own money to organizations and have some input on how we donate and redistribute funds to black people. And I really love that the pandemic has given them space to just explore who they are and really get some rest for the first time in many years. Pre-pandemic times, we were all so busy that connecting felt like a luxury. As a person in recovery from alcohol addiction, community has always been essential to me. Now I'm learning a new way to be in community in more true ways than ever, even when I can't be face-to-face with the people that I love the most. A great reminder of love and queer community can be found in Adrienne Marie Brown's book, Pleasure Activism. I am currently rereading it, and it is such a source of joy. In that spirit, I am sending love and joy to everyone in queer community everywhere. Happy Pride Month, even though it looks different this year. I feel more connected than ever, and I love you all. Hey, Asher, it's Meg. Um, that lamp 
white space and elder queer here thinking about what's changed since we last spoke about covid it's been what four months i think and during that four months oh my lord we pretty much replaced in-person touch and attention with looking and emoting by technology and talking by technology and making dates by technology and um it's so much better, and I don't mean to sound not grateful, and it's so, so much better than nothing. I think about the days of those, you know, teeth gnashing, romantic, epistolary relationships on the Moorish cliffs, you know, waiting for the letter to be delivered two months after it was written by horseback, and yeah, no fucking way, right? I found that I feel a bit lost without the confidence and emotion that touch and physical intimacy give me which has oddly really stoked vulnerability and some hard times with my aging and changing body. It's all seeming to weave its way into some backstepping in terms of recovery. And I've spent more time than I care to admit looking in the mirror and feeling sad and mad at myself. Um, so there's that that's sort of come up and what's helping is talking about it and I think the last time you and I talked about uh, what's important for me during this pandemic that was a conversation we had in March and back then it was that I have this community this queer community and again that's coming into play here so it's helping my sense of um insecurity with my body right now is talking about it with my people so online communities through body trust and the various cohorts and breakout groups we're having on elder queer and then holding space for my clients who as probably as you know in your practice everyone seems to be going through a version of this sense of questioning it's like how is my body responding to this pandemic what am I actually craving when I find myself worried about eating and exercise and food? And how can I pay kind and curious attention to myself in this moment? And all those are really great questions to ask on a regular basis. Um, and also, let me say this. I fucking miss kissing girls. Come on now, for fuck's sake. That's really just, I feel like if I could do that one thing, everything would sort of turn around. Eventually one day it'll happen. Um, I don't know how soon. But in the meantime, we have a conversation and we have each other and we have queer calm and queer fam. And I'm really grateful for it because nobody gets it like us. Um, I'd like to recommend... Um, and and you know this person i'd like to recommend supporting Ilya parker of decolonizing fitness Ilya's had so many great conversations about bodies accessibility um queerness blackness um, trying to make it in business as a small business person there are so many things about Ilya that I'm inspired by and interested in. And so I really recommend if um, you're looking for a place to redistribute funds, 
um, anyone who's listening to this, Ilya Parker, Decolonizing Fitness, um, would be my recommendation. Um, to all y'all out there, keep going. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, we're in this together, and I, I couldn't do it without y'all queers. Take care. Bye. Hey everyone, my name is Daniel. I first came across this podcast during the lockdown in April, and in particular the episode with Helen Ruff. I'd taken a long walk with my dog Stevie Nicks and just got lost in the conversation as I walked the shoreline for two hours, experimenting with doing something simple but meaningful for myself which has now become a bit of a ritual for me. So many of my fellow queers listening into this will probably first recognize my accent. I'm speaking to you from South Sea, which is a bit like a left-leaning village republic nestled in a conservative historic naval city of Portsmouth on the south coast of the UK. Adrian Marie Brown says, whatever trust can exist between us will come from how well I can share and how much you can open yourself to what I share. So in this queer spirit, I've thought a bit about what I'd like to share of living in this queer body during a global pandemic and what it's been like for me to embody all my evolving queer and messy contradictory self begin with. I'm sat on my steps in my small garden as it approaches uh, half past nine in the evening, which as a single co-parent is way past my bedtime on a school night. The Moving Finger by Dorothy Ashby is playing in my kitchen and I am holding a cup of chamomile tea. I identify as a white, cis, queer, able-bodied man. I've been sober for about 16 years now with a history of functional drug addiction and I've been meditating and practicing the Buddha Dharma for about the same amount of time. The first seven years of my practice was more like a grueling, life-saving form of therapy. So sometimes I only count the last nine years as a period of really learning and appreciating the wisdom held in Buddhist practice, a tradition which I see as being radically queer. I was born in Cymraeg, Wales, where I lived for 18 years before moving away to Llwyger, England, where I stayed. My son is a five-year-old boy on the autistic spectrum called Oshan or Oshi or if you're from North Wales, Ocean or Ocean. It's a mashup of Gaelic and Welsh and means little deer. His middle name is Bear. I came out as queer a few months after me and his mum separated after 14 years when she came out as gay. This was about three years ago. 
I've since been on what feels like a liberating and fear-filled sexual, intellectual, political waking up to my own queerness and making sense of my history and present. I have been and continue to work with the complexities of my queerness. In the last two years or so, it's been expressed and explored mainly through my sexual life, but most recently it's expanded beyond that its nuances and learning to embrace them and love them and take pride in it all has been a practice for me. I am much more at home in my queer body now than I was three years ago. My body would really hold the anxiety or like a um, nervous type of uncertainty or doubt when I began to notice, for example, the privilege which comes with passing as heteronormative and how I was unsure at times if I could ever let that go. Or when I did, would I be judged for not being queer enough, which actually happened on several occasions where my queer credentials, if you like, were openly questioned by elders in the community. I miss being around other queers. I'm a person-centered psychotherapist um, at a rape counselling charity and I'm also the founder and community dharma leader for a Buddhist meditation community called South Sea Sangha. My queer exploration and waking up has been deeply held and assisted by working for and falling in love with and teaching alongside my friend and teacher and mentor a black queer activist Lama in the States. Some of you may know him as Lama Rod Owens of Radical Dharma and most recently Love and Rage. He has helped me hold my spiritual practice as my form of activism and understanding my queerness as being a way to disrupt rigidity in the ways that it shows up in all its forms. Um, this has really sharpened my achievement to and compassion for my body. I was once told that being queer is not something we are, but more something we do. I am queer in the ways that I relate to sex and the world around me. And, and having the doingness of our lives restricted by this lockdown initially presented a real challenge to me but since has encouraged me to meet and embrace my queerness in new ways. An embodiment practice I teach and I offer at my community uh, which I find both challenging and revealing even now has become more prominent during this lockdown. It's a way to check in on the embodiment of my experience to notice the phenomena arising in this moment and what my relationship to it is. But if I'm honest, more often than not, it's noticing how I've become disembodied again and again. I try to wake up to the fact that there are many things that live within our bodies. The mind is always talking, but I've learned that the body is always talking too. I sometimes refer to this as the silent language of the body and it's 
been my practice over the last four or five months of lockdown to try and learn more about this language, to learn the new language of my queer body. I'm dyslexic, so uh, learning new languages has always been quite daunting for me, but the body is always direct, it's truthful, it's honest. The body never lies. It doesn't really know how to, and the body will never lie to any of us. So learning this language of the body has been like a queer homecoming for me, and I'm always learning. This podcast celebrates such a colorful spectrum of queerness, so to be part of it in this way feels really special. I wanna offer my appreciation to Asha and all the queers documenting an archive for us like this. Before I go, I wanted to share this short reflection with you as a way of reconnecting with our bodies in a gentle and meaningful way. You don't have to get into any special spiritual position right now. Just, I guess, make sure you're comfortable by having a sense of being connected to the earth, to the ground which is holding you up right now, and doing whatever you need to do with your eyes to feel comfortably relaxed and pay attention to your somatic experience. And just silently asking yourself these questions as much as you can right now, allowing yourself to let the breathing breathe you. You don't have to do the breathing. Where does resilience live in the body? Where does happiness live in the body? Where does the body tell you sadness or grief is? Where does joy live in the body? Where does love live in the body? And you can do that practice for yourself at moments you might want to support a feeling of embodiment. Farewell from South Sea. Hoilfav Karuti. Bye-bye. Hello, y'all. I'm Lex. I'm a chronically ill, non-binary, neurodivergent, radical queer mystic tarot reader living in the Great Black Swamp, or Toledo, Ohio. I use they-them pronouns. I'm so in awe of the ways that I am and we all are discovering and deepening queer embodiment in this moment. In my magical practice, being present in the present moment is central because the present moment is where reality and our ability to influence reality intersect. And it is from that intersection that we can make changes. Centered in the present, our choices, our actions can become spells. But this has been a challenging moment or a series of moments to be present with, especially as a queer person. 
the challenge of being present in this moment and casting the spells or making the choices and changes I wish to make in my life came to a head for me in the last week of June. This week held so many things that as a queer person, as a chronically ill person, as someone committed to justice, were challenging. The beginning of a new spike in COVID numbers in my state, the anniversary of the Stonewall riots, a Black Lives Matters solidarity protest in place of pride in my city, the fifth anniversary of marriage equality, my own fifth wedding anniversary, and the third anniversary of my lesbian aunt's suicide. This aunt I loved dearly, not just because she was my aunt and not just because she was a wonderful person, but also because she was the first openly queer person I knew, and that had a big impact on me as a little baby queer, knowing that I was related to somebody else who was queer. I remember her, um, when I was a kid, she was the fun aunt. She always had so much joy, even as she held such sorrow. She did have a hard life. I watched as she navigated, and I learned as she navigated relationships that were still ta taboo. My grandmother often called her partners her friends. And she struggled with mental illness and addiction. But through all of that, I witnessed the joy she brought. She brought jokes, she brought fun to it. She always centered the joy of living. I remember how the first thing she always wanted to do when she came to visit was to go for a swim in Mama E. That's what she called Lake Erie. Even though all the struggles that marked her life made it challenging for her to live as her authentic self, she was committed to living. I don't know what changed in her last moments, but the memory of her queer joy and her queer resilience is what I'm choosing to honor. It is what I chose to center as I moved on from that challenging last week of June. The need for joy amidst struggle, the need for joyful struggle, is something that has characterized queer love and queer living maybe since we've been writing about it. It's so apparent in pride in the writing of queer writers, and I feel so inspired by it, and it was so central to the life of my aunt, and it has been resurrected for me in this year, during this pandemic, in this moment. In this moment, when being present with this moment feels like a struggle, I'm looking for the joy that I can bring to it. In each and every moment, I can cast spells of joyful queer struggle, and I know that I am casting this spell to honor my aunt and all the other queer ancestors who exemplified this joy amid struggle. They paved the way for our joy, for my joy. May I and we pave the way for still greater collective queer joys.